just a moment, turn with me to 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1. And while you're turning, while you're turning, Brother Andrew, come up and share a little bit about what has taken place this past Wednesday night. If you are not bringing your children to uh, their, their programs for uh, 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 discipleship development where they can learn and study and interact with, with the other young people in small groups uh, to be what you're doing and what we're being. Uh, you are you are shortchanging your children. I'm telling you. We're living in a wicked society. We're living in a, in a place where uh, 77% of the young people that grow up in church and go off to college leave church forever. You know why? Listen, we have got to disciple them and train them. Now, let, let, this, this is a little bit of what's taking place this past Wednesday. So this Wednesday, we had a special event. We called it Neon Night, where we encouraged the kids to come dressed up in bright colors. And, and we had the black lights and everything else, which probably wigs some people out. But the reality is it's kind of a neat way to get people involved, get a teenager to come who would not normally come on a Wednesday night. And so we had about 215 people in that rock on Wednesday night. And... Uh, on top of that, we had a guest speaker named Patrick Allred come and speak, and he did a fantastic job. At the end of the night, uh, we, we gave an altar call for people to come to receive Jesus, and we had 13 different teenagers come to receive Christ. Yeah, give it up. So I wanted to read a couple of those names. Is that all right with you this morning if I read some of those names that came forward? We had Molly McKelvey come forward. Peyton Murphy, Trey Trotter, Allie Moore, Destiny Bauer, Cade Simmons, Michaela Hammock, Minley Fraley, Caitlin Gable, Kaylee Freeman, Jamie Hudson, Jordan Stiles, and Callie Easterwood all come forward to receive Christ on Wednesday night. So, I just want you to know, while, while y'all are getting fed up here, there's stuff going down there in the rock on, two, on Wednesday nights, too. And there's stuff going up here in the kids' area on Wednesday nights. And there's, there's lives being changed, being transformed from death to life. And I just want to share that with you this morning. Amen. Amen. Just keep doing that. All right, church, say amen. amen. Say, well, my child don't want to come. Make them. Make them. I don't think I should. You make them brush your teeth. Hello? You make them take a bath. I'd rather my child go into heaven gumming it. With not a tooth in his head. Then go to hell with all of them. Y'all with me? Amen. Yes, sir. I'm all about that. Man, that fires me up when I see young people getting saved. Amen. Listen, they're not just getting saved. They're sharing the gospel. And we've got young people at school telling people about Jesus and inviting others to come. I'm telling you, they're putting us adults to shame. Amen. All right. First, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, and we'll begin in verse number 1. First, Second Thessalonians 1, verse number 1. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus, under the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father, in the Lord Jesus Christ, Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is me, because that your faith, say that with me, that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye Endure. Now I want to read verse 3 again, and this is where we're going to take our text from. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is me, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. Say that with me. That your faith All right, say it one more time. That your faith All right, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for a good spirit in your house. Lord, I... I am excited every time I get to come into this place and, and Lord, just be with your people to study your word and to learn and grow. I pray that you'll help us to do that today. Help us to learn. Help us to grow. Uh, Lord, help us to develop more faith than we've ever had before. God will thank you for it and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. I want you to uh, be seated. Uh, I want to I teach this morning on the subject, Growing Great Faith. 
growing great faith. Uh, we've been dealing with the subject authentic salvation for several weeks now. And uh, we've, been, we've been doing everything we can to help every person in this room make sure that they know they're saved. Church membership doesn't save you. Baptism doesn't save you. Uh, uh, listen, uh, having a, 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 a godly parent doesn't save you. Giving in the offering doesn't save you. Are you all with me? We, we, we've been talking about what real genuine salvation is. We've been preaching on repentance and so forth and so on. And so we want you to know you're saved. Make your calling in election sure. Examine yourself. See that you be in the faith. Amen? And so, so now I want to, I want to, I want to shift gears a little bit and go forward. And I want to deal with those who are saved, those who are saved, but they struggle a little bit. Those that are saved, uh, but they're, they're a little weak in the faith. Uh, you know, there, there are people that are truly saved, but they doubt it sometimes. I, 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 I know of I know of uh, revival meetings, camp meetings, which we they, they called them camp meetings back then. And and it, a camp meeting is when you know a revival meeting you usually have one preacher. A camp meeting you have several preachers. You know the people preaching and, and 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 one preacher stands up and says, "I want everybody to know and declare this: I have never once doubted my salvation." I mean, just went on and on and on and basically implying the fact that if you if you do doubt it or if you have doubted, it probably ain't real. And, and, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, whoa. And so the next preacher comes up after him and says, I want everybody to know and declare this, that I doubted mine several times. I'm like, what? And so here we are, here we have. You know, and that's, that's, yeah, you know him. You was there. <clears throat> uh, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I, I've noticed this. I've noticed this about, you know, I, I use a comparison between my life and my father's life a lot. Uh, and, and, and as far as salvation, we, we just grew up different. We, we have a totally opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to salvation, that type of thing. He didn't, he didn't have any church, uh, church experience at all, none whatsoever. Was a hellion going 100 miles an hour the opposite way, headed to hell, uh, wide open and serving God, just a bad person. And then the moment he got saved, man, I'm telling you, everything changed. I mean, it was night and day. It, it was night and day. I'm talking about the birds sang sweeter, the sun shone brighter. Everything was, it was totally different. Moved from death unto life, from darkness unto light. Are y'all with me? And you know what? He's, he's, he's really not had a problem with doubt. It was such a drastic event. It was such a major deal. It was such a, a huge change in his life. He, he, he just never struggled with doubt. But guess what? I, I've, I've learned the scriptures ever since I was a little kid. I, I've, I've, I've believed in God ever since I was a little kid. I could quote the scriptures ever since I was a little kid. I believed in the resurrection. I believed in the crucifixion. I believed in all this stuff before I was saved. So when I got saved, birds sounded the same. Sun looked the same. There was not this drastic... Does that make sense? So guess what? There's been times I've like, hmm. Does that make sense? And so, so just because you've doubted doesn't mean you ain't got it. But let me say this. I don't want to ever, I don't want to ever, when somebody comes up and says, I don't know if I'm saved or not, I don't want to ever talk them into being it. Because there may be a reason that you're doubting. Okay, so so there's that 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 quandary right there. There's that. So what do we do? What do we do about this? What do we? How how do we do this? Uh, uh, most of the time, most of the time, when somebody has that issue and they they've been struggling a long while before that. Y'all with me? So let's let's look at this. Whether whether you doubt it or don't doubt it, either way, you need great faith. Because this is not just about salvation. How many of y'all know the Bible says the just shall live by faith we shall live by. in other words we don't need we don't just need faith to get saved we need faith to stay right we need faith to exist we need faith to survive we need faith to flourish in this wicked generation that we're in we need great faith and god's looking for faith 
God is tickled with faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. When Jesus saw great faith, it tickled him to death while he was on this earth. And when he saw little or no faith, it bothered him. So, so what do we do? What do we do about faith? I want to grow great faith. I want, I want to grow your faith. I want to help you build your faith. I want your faith to grow. I don't want you to stay in the same place you are the moment you got saved. Does that make sense? Especially with our new Christians. Especially with our new Christians in here. Listen, you can't just sit back and throw it in neutral and it's all God now. Oh, no. No, no. Let's, let's, let's establish this. Let's establish this first. And, and will you let me set the table? <clears throat> let me set the table and then we'll eat a little bit. All right. It, look at, look in, and, 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 well, I, I got it on the screen that we can save some time right here. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. For by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you saved through And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What is the gift? Faith. Do you know the faith you got? God gave it to you? He gave it to you. Okay, now watch this. Look at look at look at Romans twelve three, Romans twelve three. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according. Now here it is, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Say that with me. The measure of faith. Everybody say it. The Okay, so first we've established the fact that faith comes from God. Faith is given to you from God. God gives every man, watch this, God gives every man a measure of faith. Now here's the thing, God is no respecter of persons. I've, I've, I've been in my life, I, I've, I've, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to admit this, there's been times I said, man, I wish I had that person's faith. I wish I had that person's faith, or I wish I had that preacher's faith. I, I, you, you read the biographies of great Christians, and you think about George Mueller who prayed. I'm talking about had the faith like none other, prayed to, and, and fed those orphans and prayed all of those needs to be met. Man, look at that faith. Well, I wish I had his kind of faith. I did. And I do. Guess what? We all start with the same measure of faith. God gives you a measure of faith. God gives everyone a measure of faith. Now, what we do with it is up to us. Well, I know God's in control. Nah, nah. Let me set the table before you start arguing with me. Watch this. Faith is compared to several things in the Bible, three specific things. First, the seed. First, the seed. Some people try to explain that, and I, don't, I just disagree with it because he could have said a grain of sand if he was talking about size. I believe he's talking about the type. Watch what he says. He says, Luke 17, 5, And the apostle said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If ye had faith as, say that with me, if ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto the sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. What is he saying? The kind of faith. A mustard seed is very small, but it has the ability to grow. What is he saying? Your faith, if it is a growing faith, if it is a faith that can develop and grow, listen, as a seed, we are to cultivate that. I don't know if you have a garden or not, or you're that type of person, or you like that kind of thing, but you can't just leave it on its own. If you plant a seed, you got to doctor it. You got to cultivate it. You got to help it grow. Are y'all with me? Not only is it compared to a seed, but it's also compared to a muscle. A muscle. Romans 4 19, talking about Abraham. And being not weak, and being not weak. What can be weak? Your, your, your faith or your muscles. Your muscles. Be not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was, but was strong in faith. What can be strong? Your muscles. You can be weak or you can be strong, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. What's he saying? Your faith is like a muscle. 
It can be weak or it can be strong. Guess what? What determines whether your muscles are weak or whether they're strong? Exercise. Can I help y'all with something? There is no secret pill. It's diet and exercise. If you don't get your behind off that couch and get on that road and start pedaling down the highway or running, it, listen, it's all, it, there is no secret. It's no secret. Faith is the same way. It's a muscle that must be exercised. Your faith can be weak or it can be, depending on what you do with it. A seed can grow and develop and get great, depending on what you do with it. Now watch this. Watch this. This is a, another aspect of it. It's a seed to cultivate. It's a muscle to exercise. But your faith is a fruit to produce. Now this is more on God's side. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. And faith. You say, well, that's all God. No. It says walk in Him. You have to walk in the Spirit. The only way the fruit of the Spirit is going to be produced in your life is if you're walking in the Spirit, abiding in Him. Does this make sense? Now, here's the thing. What do we do? Okay, I'm saved, preacher. I believe I'm saved. I place, I, 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 I receive Christ as my Savior. How do I grow great faith? And by the way, let me tell you something. This is not, this is not just for the purpose of having assurance of salvation. Assurance of salvation is important. You don't need to go around worrying all the time. You don't need to be, you don't need to be fearing all the time whether or not you're in. Right, listen, you need to have assurance of your salvation, but it's even more than that. Having great faith is so important because you cannot live the Christian life without great faith. You cannot accomplish anything for God without great faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. In the, listen, the Faith Hall of Fame, everybody that did all of those great exploits for God, they did it in faith. And this world is getting crazier by the minute. And I'm telling you, we're living in a time, we're living in an age where it is fixing to get very anti-Christ. And if there's ever been a time that God's children need to exhibit and need to manifest and show great faith, it's right now. Great faith. How do we grow great faith? Well, let's, let me give you three things real quick. Three things real quick. Number one, great faith is grown by this. Number one. Exposition. Exposition. You say, preacher, what in the world is exposition? Expositing the scriptures. Listen, here's what the word exposition means. Explanation. Interpretation. A laying open the sense or meaning of an author or any passage in a writing. What does that mean? It basically means putting yourself under the teaching of the word of God. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Listen, we need to learn God's word. Faith, listen, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, let me, let me, let me help you with something. <clears throat> All right. Let's, let's imagine. Dad, give me one of them chairs. Give me one of them chairs right there. Quick. <laughs> I'm going to get your chair. All right. Now watch this. Now watch this. Now, now how many of y'all in here, how many of y'all are in here sitting in a chair like that? Now y'all are, it's just blue. All right. Okay. It's, you got the exact same chair, just a different color, all right? So, so how many of us are in a chair like this? Right, right, okay, all right, cool, cool. All right, did y'all notice, did y'all notice that there was really, I didn't notice, I, I looked around, but, but, but when, I, when, when Brother Jalen said, you can be seated, I didn't notice anybody going. Think about that. 
know. I, you know what I saw? I saw all y'all. Wham! Y'all with me? There was no lack of faith at all. And I'm, I'm with you. When you stand for a long time, that seat feels good. Amen. I, I get all that, but there was no, there was no lack of confidence, no lack of trust. Now, you, you, where are you going with this? Here's what people say. Well, preacher, I, it's just, faith is hard for me because I've got a trust issue. I've got a trust issue. No, that's not the problem. Because you just sat right on down. You didn't have a trust issue. Y'all with me? Here's, here's the secret of faith. Here's the secret of faith. The secret of faith is the object of your faith. The object of your faith. See, I don't have faith in faith. My faith is not in my faith. My faith is not in my ability, what I think, and my, my, my ability to believe. No, my faith is in God. My faith is in God. He's the object of my faith. The strength of your faith is determined by the object of your faith. Go with me? Now, if, 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 if I, needed, I needed backup, if I needed backup, I'd have some faith in Nicky Joe. But if Pee Wee Herman said, I got your back, I'd have problems. Go with me? I would have, I'd have problems having faith because the object is not, oh, wait a minute now. Right? Go with me? It's the object. And so, so why did we have no problem sitting down in this chair? Because we know. Watch this. We know that this chair is made of steel. And we know that steel is strong. And we know the craftsmanship that went into this chair. We know it's going to hold us. We know. We, we, ho, ho, ho. We have knowledge of the object that I'm putting my faith in. Now watch this. If you're struggling with your faith, you don't know enough about the object that you're putting your faith in. Let me, let me help you with something. If you're a once a week, if you're a once a week Christian, in other words, you just show up on Sunday morning, that's all you get. No wonder you're struggling. Hey, we had, we had, oh, a little over 500 in here Wednesday night and we had a time. We had a time. You know what we're doing? We're just learning more and more about the object of our faith. And the more we learn about him, the more we have confidence in him. And so here's my point. If you do not avail yourself to the opportunities of learning the scriptures, learning the word. Well, preacher, I just watching TV. TV ain't going to help your faith. Matter of fact, TV is going to weaken your faith. Because there's nothing positive on there. There's nothing spiritual on there. There's nothing godly on there. Everything is anti-Christ. Everything is there meant to destroy your faith. But when you come in and you learn about him, you learn about his power. You learn about his strength. Not only that, you learn about how much he loves you. (laughs) That's good, man. I'm telling you, that's good stuff right there. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word. Listen, you go from Genesis to Revelation, you're going to learn about Jesus. And He's the object of our faith. The problem is there's too many people that's trying to have faith in their faith. And and, and the focus is not on the object. The key is the object. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So what do we do? Every time you can, Get under the teaching and preaching of God's Word. Every opportunity that that, that avails you, get under the teaching 
and the preaching of God's Word. Now, if you're a super Christian and you've got great faith and nothing ever bothers you and you never worry and you never get stressed out, don't sweat it. But if sometimes life gets tough on you, but if sometimes you, you doubt, you struggle, if sometimes you get weak in life, I would suggest you be here Wednesday night at 7 o'clock and learn all you can learn. Learn all you can learn. What was the first thing these baby Christians did on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter number 2? And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. You know what doctrine means? Teaching. It means learning. The more you can learn about the object of your faith, the more you can, watch this, know Him. What, what, when, we, when we have something serious, we, we, we get a doctor, we, we want some references. We want to know this dude knows what he's talking about. Now, I'm not, I'm not against young people because I'm, I'm one of them. But if a man's going to be cutting on me, he better have some gray hair and no hair. Say amen. I don't want to be the first one. Are y'all with me? I want to know something about him. I want to know his educational level. I want to know his track record. If God's the object of your faith, you need to get to know him. You need to get to know him. Because if you knew him, like I know him, church say amen. So what builds great faith? Just placing yourself under the, lead, the, the, the learning and the teaching of God's word. But, but, here's another thing. Here's another thing. This one's out of your control. This is out of your control. There's something you can do about it. But it's out of your control. The second thing that builds faith in the life of a Christian is experience. Experience. <clears throat> Richard, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You've got to understand that God has a great desire for you to have faith in Him. God has a great desire for you to have faith in Him. Matter of fact, you know, people talk about having tears and, you know, and crying out. You know, none of that moves the heart of God. But when Jesus saw faith, yeah. Yeah. son, I'm telling you, you could just see it in the writing. He said, man, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. Yeah. When they lowered, when they tore out the roof and lowered the crippled man to Jesus, he looked up, he wasn't even looking at the crippled guy. He said, man, look at their faith. Yeah. Check it out, boys. Look at their faith. Isn't that great? This is awesome. Oh, by the way, you're healed. Not because of him, but because of them. Man, he wants you to believe in him. More than anything, God desires you to trust him and believe in him. Are you with me? So, so, sometimes, sometimes he has to, all right, now put your seatbelts on. This is going to get rocky right here. Sometimes he has to allow situations in your life. He has to let you experience. I, I put two subs here. Experience distress. Experience difficulty. What, one of the greatest examples of this is the disciples in the boat. Man, they're rocking along pretty good. We're traveling with Jesus. Man, this is great. This life of faith is wonderful. Man, I tell you what, we get to hear him teach. We're having a big time with him. Oh, yeah, he's feeding us and everything. I mean, free meal, and all of a sudden, hey, we're in the boat. Jesus is asleep, and all hell breaks loose on the water. Clouds roll in. Thunder starts rolling. Lightning starts flashing. Wind starts blowing. Rain starts falling. Waves start crashing. And I'm telling you what, it is so bad. These are seasoned fishermen. They've been on the water before. They've been in storms before. They know what it's like to be out there. These were not rookies. These were real deal seasoned fishermen. And they were scared to death. They were going to die. They come to Jesus. Have you ever... Have you ever been in an experience in your life 
And you thought God didn't care? Don't don't feel bad. Because the ones that was looking at Jesus eyeball to eyeball and walking with Him every day, this is what they said. Carest thou not that we perish? Let me translate that. God, don't you care that I'm hurting? God, don't you care that I'm afraid? God, don't you care that we're in this bad situation? Don't you care that we're in a mess here, God? Y'all know the story. Jesus wipes his eyes. (sighs) Walks to the... Peace be still. Now, if he was from Alabama, he'd say, knock it off. (laughs) The wind stops blowing. I don't know if you understand this or grew up on, I grew up on the ocean. The wind causes the waves. So when the wind stops blowing, the waves cease. And there's a whole message in that I can't go into because I don't have time, but it's good. (laughs) I challenge you to go find it on the website, traveling in stormy weather. I promise you, it'll crank your tractor. And then he turns around to them, and this is what he said. What are you worried about? Where is your faith? Now, why did he expect them to have faith? Because he just got through teaching them the word. Preacher, what are you getting at? After you learn the word... Y'all getting it now? God's going to let you. Mm -hmm. He's going to give you an experience. Now watch what happens. This is the cool part. At one point in their situation, in their life experience, right? They're afraid of the storm. When he brings peace. This is what it says. And they feared exceedingly. Not the storm, but the Savior. You see, you see their reverence and awe and respect move from the storm to the Lord. And are y'all with me? Now watch this. If you ever learn to fear the Lord, you won't fear nothing else. Oh, 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 I'm running out of time. Hold on. Watch this. Watch this. If, if they were never allowed to go in the storm, they would have never known. Say that with me. They'd have never known. That means have knowledge. They'd have never known that he had the ability and the power to say, knock it off. I don't like the storm. I do not like the storm. I do not like when it gets rocky. I want everybody to be happy. I want all the staff to get along. I want the church to grow. I don't want no disgruntled members. I want everybody happy. The dogs to like me. Tammy to be nice. Say amen. I do not like it rocky or stormy. But I need to know in my life, in my walk on this earth, that I have a God who can step on a bow of a ship and say, knock it off to the storms of my life. And I would never know that unless He allowed a situation. Oh, I'm feeling God bunch right there. Hey, Mary and Martha wasn't too tickled that their brother died. And I wouldn't like that one either. You talking about distress, the loss of a loved one, having to sit there and watch your brother just, just, just struggle for his breath till he took his last breath. But Jesus had to allow that. Because he needed them to know that he was not just a doctor. He was not just a healer. He was not just a prophet. That he was the resurrection and the life. They needed to know. Knowledge. 
Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You may tell you what will set you free from your fear and your bondage and your worry and your anxiety. The more you know Him. When you know He can say peace to the still. Listen, peace be still to the storm. When He can say to Lazarus, get up and get on out of there. When He can look into the dead things in your life and bring them back again. I'm telling you, it'll do something for your faith. I don't like the experiences. I don't like the storms. I don't like the situations that He allows. But I tell you what, I love the faith that it gives me when it's all said and done. Are y'all with me? Well, how do we know if it's a situation of His making? How many of y'all know we can get into situations because of our stupidity? Sometimes, you know, we can be speeding, get pulled over and get a ticket. God, why are you letting me get... No, no, His foot wasn't on the gas. Sometimes we blame God for some of our stuff. We make poor decisions, stupid decisions that are contrary to His Word, and we wonder, why am I in this mess? You know good and well why you're in that mess. Ten people told you not to date Him. Your mama, your brother, your uncle, your aunt told you He was bad for you. Or she was going... Or that this was not the job. Or that if you buy this, you're going... Yeah, that's why they're coming and getting it. It ain't because God ain't blessing you. You couldn't afford it to begin with. Man, I, I, I'm seeing these. I'm seeing these seventy thousand dollar Phoenix bass boats go by. I really want one, but I ain't getting one. One reason I can't afford it. Second reason I want to stay married. Y'all with me? Now, let's be careful. Let's be careful of the things that we blame on God. You know, some things, some situations happen because God's trying to get our attention. It is storms of development. You see, that you see two different storms in the Bible. You see the storm with Jonah. He wasn't trying to build his faith. He was blistering his behind. That was a storm of discipline. But you know what? It's weird. The storm of discipline... With Jonah and the storm of development with the disciples, that rain felt the same. That wind felt the same. That lightning looked the same. Y'all with me? But here's the thing. Well, how can we know if it's development or if it's discipline? You know. Jonah was not in that boat saying, I wonder why this is happening. You know what he said, boys? It's me. He knew exactly why this was going on. And guess what? There's never been a time that God didn't have to get my attention that I didn't know exactly. So what do I do? If you're in that kind of situation, get right. It's not complicated. God's not out to punish you. He's out to get your attention. Once he gets your attention, it's over. When he got Jones' attention... Hey, Jonah said, hey, I'll do right. <laughs> Give me one more chance. The fish spit him up on the beach. It was over. God's not trying to punish you. God's trying to correct you. And when the correction is done, it's over. Just repent and do what, he's, what you're supposed to do. Now, the other thing, so preacher, what if it's development? It's then that you got to say, God, what are you trying to show me? And more specifically, God, what are you trying to show me about who you are? Because it may be a stormy situation in relationships. It may be a stormy situation in your health. It may be a stormy... He may be trying to show you he's the great physician. Or he may be trying to show you he is the great provider. Say, God, what are you trying to show me? And each situation you go through, each step of faith that you take, you're going to get stronger and stronger, and stronger, and stronger, unless you act in rebellion and get mad at God and get bitter about your situation, then you can't grow. Then you can't grow. 
And I'm afraid that's what a lot of Christians are doing today. Instead of allowing God to do a work in their life and show them what he's trying to show them, they get bitter against God and complain against God, and they never learn what they're supposed to learn. And all God's people say it. Lastly, 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 hurry, 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 hurry. What do we say? Exposition. Exposition. Sitting under the teaching of God's word. Learning God's word. Applying God's word. <clears throat> now, now, then, and why do we do that? Because we are, we are learning and we're getting knowledge. We're knowing more about him. And then God will allow situations in our life. He will allow storms in our life. He will allow distress in our life. He, let, let, me, let me give you a verse on that right there. Watch what Paul says. Paul says this. <clears throat> he says in 2 Corinthians 1.8, he says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble. Say that with me. Of our... You see, these prosperity preachers say, If you have great faith, you'll never have trouble. But I don't know of a man in the New Testament that has greater faith as the Apostle Paul. But watch what he's having. Trouble. How many of y'all had trouble? Amen. Now watch. Watch what it says. Trouble which came to us in Asia that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. We thought we were going to die. It was so bad. But watch what it says. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. You know what he's saying? God allowed us to go through all of this trouble. I'm talking about the kind of trouble where you don't think you're going to make it. You despaired even of life. This means either one or two things. Either it was so bad I didn't want to live, or it was so bad I didn't think I was going to live. But either way, it bad. Yeah. Right? right? And you know what he says? The only reason I went through this is so God would teach me not to trust in myself, but in Him. Amen. How many of y'all know humanity is pretty stubborn? How many of y'all are in the building like you're preaching and sometimes you just try to fix it yourself? And you rely on your ability, you rely on your strength, you rely on your knowledge, you, you, you rely on your experience, you rely on your talent. And God said, hey. So God, watch this. So God has to allow you to experience something that is beyond your strength. Oh, this is not even in the notes. I hope you are listening to this. This is coming straight from the Lord. He will allow you to experience something that's beyond your ability, beyond your strength, beyond your understanding, beyond what you have the ability to do. So all you can do is trust Him. So you know you can. Amen? All right, thirdly, write this down. I'll just give them to you and we'll write now. Listen. Great faith comes from exposition. Great faith comes from experience. God is in control. God will allow things in our life to test us, to try us, to teach us, to help us to know Him. <clears throat> but then number three, great faith comes from exercise. Good old-fashioned exercise. you got to exercise your faith. <clears throat> here's, here's three things. Just write these down and we'll, we'll, we'll pray. Number one, study. Study. Do not let 35 minutes or 45 minutes on a Sunday morning be the only scriptural nutrition you get. Uh, let me put it this way. If you had one meal a week, how strong would you be? A week. So, preacher, that's ridiculous. Man, starve to death. Exactly. Preacher, I'm telling you, I'm just getting so weak in my faith. I'm just, I, and, and we're, it's like we're mad at God because God's not giving us some stuff. God's not making me have great faith. God done his part. 
God gave you the measure that you needed. Now it's up to you. It's not God's fault. It's not the preacher's fault. It's not the youth director's fault. You have a Bible. I can't afford a Bible. I can get you a Bible. That is not an issue. But what you do with it is up to you. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know what? Timothy. Timothy struggled. He did. He struggled. He had fears. (laughs) He's a pastor and he had stomach problems. Who would have known? (laughs) You know why he had stomach problems? Nerves. Worry. Fear, maybe his faith was a little weak. You know what you know what Paul told him? Give attendance to reading. Study. I know this is a this is a broken record, and I know you hear this all the time. You know, oh, you're just trying to get me to read my Bible. No, I'm trying to get you to quit doubting. I'm trying to get you to have strong faith. But there is no way you can develop your faith. If you neglect the only thing that's going to give it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by. You can't neglect this and have strong faith. So study. Secondly, serve. Serve. You exercise faith by doing what God has gifted and called you to do. You know what I'm doing right now, Nikki Joe? I'm exercising my faith. Because in my, in my humanity, in who I am personally as a, just an individual, I am terrified of being in front of all you people. But guess what? God's called me to this. God's gifted me for this. So I'm doing it and exercising my faith, and I'm feeling the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God to help me accomplish what He's called me to do. And if you neglect your calling, you neglect your gift, you neglect what God's given you, and you don't serve and you don't do what God's purposed you to do in your life, you're never going to have faith. You've got to exercise it by, by studying, by serving. Watch this. Number three, by stepping. And more specifically, stepping out. Stepping out. Out. Preacher, what are you talking about? Stepping out in faith. So how do you step out in faith? Watch this, watch this. Jesus is walking on the water. Peter said, can I come out there? Come on. He said, but he sunk when he saw the wave. Yeah, but he was walking until he got there. How much water did the rest of them disciples walk on? Hey, you may step out in faith and have a little wobbly experience. But at least you get out the boat. I don't know about singing that choir. I tell you what, I'm getting it. Well, step out in faith. I don't know about that preaching or that teaching or that going or that planting the church or going to the mission field. Let me ask you a question. This is a serious question for everybody. And this is the last one. We're going to pray. When was the last time? Now think about this. When was the last time you attempted anything for God that required faith? You know how much faith it took to come to church this morning? Zero. We think we're doing God a favor by showing up. Boy, I had faith coming. No, you didn't. Now, if you had communists outside your door with machine guns and you snuck out to go to church, now that required faith. But you didn't have that. When is the last time that you attempted something for God that required real faith? And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about great faith. I'm just talking about any faith. How do you expect your faith to grow 
if you don't use it. Listen, use some faith. So, preacher, I, hey, start with giving. Giving requires faith. If you don't know where to start, start there. Give to missions. You don't like the building, you think that's carnal, or you don't like this or that. Hey, ain't, ain't nothing more spiritual than the mission field. Start giving extra to missions. But do something. Step out of your comfort zone. Step out of that place of comfort because you're never going to experience. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Peter may have sunk in that, that water and he may have needed to call on Jesus. But I'm telling you, they ain't never one of them disciples had the stories to tell their grandchildren like Peter. And there is nothing in this world like stepping out in faith to have to trust God and watch God answer your prayer and see God in power and glory, that you can't even explain that. It does so much for you as a Christian and a child of God. I'm talking about it is glory unspeakable and the joy. Man, let's don't be faithless. I don't want Jesus to look at temple. And I'm talking about us. We're family. I'm, I'm classifying all of them. I don't want him to look at us and say, where's your faith? When the storms come and the trials come, and they're coming, guys. The closer we get to the Lord's return, they're coming. And I don't want us to be wigging out, running around like chickens with our head cut off. I want us to be stable and solid and Christians of great faith. So you better start using some of it now before you have to. Amen. Amen. Let's grow great faith. Don't neglect the Word. Don't stay home when you should be under the teaching of the Word. Trust God. When you're in that circumstance, when you're in that situation, that storm or that tragedy or whatever it is that God is allowing in your life to develop great faith in you, just be submissive and say, God, what are you doing with me? What do you want me to learn about you? And I promise you, when you learn that, God will bring you out of your situation. Can we give God praise and glory? And power?